You've found it, and we are ready to rise with you. Rise with Sid McNary. This podcast is an extension of the Art of Peaceful Living movement. Get ready to enjoy, be empowered, and elevate your life as we rise together. Grab your beverage of choice. No matter where you are, the time is now. Here he is, your leader for a better today. Rise with Sid McNary. It's time we start living your dream. Hey, it's so good to be back, and I'm excited for today. I'm your host, Sid McNary, and today, this strange thing is happening. She's here, and she's taking it over. Take it away. Sydney McNary, I am taking over your podcast. You are now in the guest chair. (laughs) This is Nula's podcast takeover. I'm Nula Norton. I'm uh, a journalist publicist and an author and I've decided to sit in your hot seat <laughs> so, I love it I love it thank you thank you for doing this because I think you know one thing that I love about you doing this on people's podcasts and taking it over is that it's rare that the host gets interviewed so I'm excited for this because I I love making sure that everyone that comes in gets an opportunity to hear the message Absolutely. And that's exactly my idea, because people do know a little bit about you. Um, um, and, and, you know, you drop breadcrumbs every now and again. Um, but really, you know, your show is about interviewing your guest and finding out about your guest. And we don't often get the chance to just find out about Sid, who Sid is. Um, and, and so, well, let's talk about who is Sid McNary. Well, what are you? I'd have to say I am Sid. And what that means to me is I'm somebody that's been living life in a way that answers the call. You know, people have called me forward, whether it was seven years old, starting to play sports. And when I thought I was going to play for my dad, instantly called to, you know, go on to select teams and things like that, or going on to college or being called into leadership things from fifth grade on that people just saw me and said okay this is what what you're about and so i've i've had that as part of my upbringing in a sense of people calling me forward whether it's being called into i never a lot of people go and they say okay i'm gonna teach yoga you know and that's what i want to do for me as a college football coach and then moving into our players being injured and I was doing yoga to help my own body. And they said, okay, can you uh, teach the players yoga? I couldn't, so I went and learned it. And then I became a yoga teacher for my players. Then they asked me to teach on campus. Then they asked me, people in the gym asked me to teach. And then it was like, man, I'm going so ragged. I need to open a yoga studio. So I've always been called into what's next as opposed to really, even though I've had goals of things I want to reach to, people have contacted me and asked me to step into a position. So that's what I've done. So from a very young age, you've been recognized as a leader. Um, how, yeah, for sure. How, how, was it, how was it received when you, you, you went into the dressing room full of all these burly guys and said, no, we're going to do yoga. How was that accepted? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, you know, at first it was it was uh, man, come on, coach. You know, we don't want to do that. They, they thought of it like doing ballet, right? And so it was, mm. for them, it was like, how's this going to help us? But yet at the same time, they they looked at me and knew I was doing it. And although they would think oh, that's weird, they would also say, all right, coach is strong. Coach can still race us on the field and all those mm. different things. So then it was like, all right, we'll try it. And then when they got their butts handed to them, then it was like, okay, uh, if we can't do this, this is making us better, right? Because it, it was challenging enough that they knew it wasn't just hanging out. But at the end, they still found this sense of, of peace that I've had players since then. You know, that was a while ago. That was 2004 when I left coaching. And I've had players contact me and say, hey, remember how you did that? that resting thing at the end, you know, when I'm at work, sometimes I'll just drop down to the ground and, and go into that resting posture for a couple of minutes and I come back and I'm ready for the day. So they took that away. And I think that that was the most important thing is that it integrated in and became part of their life. And they trusted you as well. Um, so when you came up with that, it probably wasn't too, too far a stretch um, in that respect. But in terms of yoga, was that your first sort of foray into thinking about peaceful resolutions and peaceful ways of, of going about things, or has it always been there? Well, I'd say when I, when I was younger, I craved peace, right? So much that mm -hmm. I would fight for my peace. Like, don't disrupt me, you know, go, go kick a hornet's nest, you get the hornet's. Right. So <laughs> mm -hmm. I fought for my peace in that sense. And, and as I began to fight for it, when I got a little older and yoga came in, yoga, yoga showed me that the pain was actually inside of me. And that same pain would show up when it would show up on the outside. If I had an argument with somebody in my life, that pain would come in my body and I would be uneasy. So I began to actually see how the two were dancing together. And the more, mm -hmm. I, the more peace I found in the yoga process, which then also opened up and took me further in my own meditation practice, that began to be, okay, I've got, there's something to this peace thing that's actually showing up in my house. The, the relationships that I lost uh, that were off, you know, the divorces and things like that. There wasn't peace because I wasn't at peace regardless of the other person. And once I found peace, I began to have relationships that I wanted to keep. And uh, what do you say about having to fight for your peace? Um, that resonates with me, and I'm sure it will resonate with, with your listeners, that um, sometimes you do have to close the door and say, you know, this is my time, this is my five minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it is. Um, and you've, you've spoken about that since um, in terms of bringing peace to a, a greater audience, um, how important it is to, to actually fight for your peace and fight for the peace of those around you. Um, well, I like to look at it like this. The, that mm -hmm. space of you stand for something or you fall for everything. And so I had to learn that. When I say I was fighting for my peace, I was really fighting 
right? Like that's, that's where it was. And yet mm. I was really wanting this sense of peace, this ease, like don't argue with me, don't disrupt my stuff, get off my, you're getting on my nerves, all those different things that would show up. Mm. And then I had to learn that, hold up, actually I'm in the midst of this fight, I'm creating more fights. Mm. And then it was like, oh, I have peace. Now the fight actually happens in me because mm -hmm. I'm the one that has to demand it of myself on the inside. And then when I found it on the inside, then I could bring it out in others too. So I, it's kind of a, it's almost like uh, a Cohen it just wraps around itself. I'm fighting. No, I'm not fighting. I'm fighting. No, I'm not fighting. I'm fighting. No, I'm not. And so uh, mm -hmm. that level of demanding it, you know, until I got to a place where I could be so disciplined about my peace that it could stand on its own. And do you think everyone has a right to peace? Yeah, I mean, a baby's born with it. If, unless they're sick, right? Like a baby is born, they get smacked, they cry. Before that, they weren't crying. They're just there. And, uh, and then, you know, there's, I feel like they say, I think it, it may be in the Bible or it's in some book. You want to know the soul of a man, put a baby in their face. They know if that's not peace or not. And if, mm -hmm. if, if it's not peace, they just start crying. If it's peace, then they're just like in awe of the, of the, at least how I see it. When a baby looks in my eyes and they recognize that old feeling they came from and they're like just in awe you know mm -hmm. it's that stillness that's there and I, I remember holding my own children that they would just fall asleep because a baby recognizes that level of peace and they can just go to sleep my children started sleeping through the night within a month because they were mm -hmm. at peace in the house and I think that's that's important that, yes, that's a God-given thing. You know, I help people know how to get back to peace, but it's free. Peace is free. I don't charge, charge anybody for peace. I have to help them find it. Then we might have, to, it's my time, right? So I'm actually, it's more a construct of, all right, I'm giving you my time. We're spending time than I'm actually charging for something that's God-given. That's peace, and everybody deserves that. Everybody deserves it. Um, everybody deserves to feel safe as well, but the world's not a safe place. Um, how, would you, how, how would you recommend people to begin that quest for peace? Well, first, if someone were to say, hey, how do I get peace? Well, do you want it? First thing, you got to know you want it. And a lot of times that comes from knowing that you don't have it, right? Mm -hmm. Like at least it did for me that that moment I realized, whoa, this, the, everything outside, this isn't peace. I knew I knew the place, the last place I was coaching wasn't bringing me peace. I knew uh, when I was owning my yoga studios, I knew when people were there, it got to a point where I, I could have a meeting with someone and I would know instantly, should I keep this meeting or not? Because I knew ah, this, this feeling, this, it's either guiding me to peace or it's taking me away. And if it's taking me too far away, I don't want to do business. You know, there's, there's nothing productive in 
constant chaos for me. Uh, yet, now, don't get me wrong, a little bit of that, because too much peace, you get lazy. Mm -hmm. You know, you just, you want to keep peace. Well, on, on the other side of lazy is things start to die off. So sometimes there needs to be a little stimulation that brings it back to peace because otherwise it's starting to die. But then there has to be life too. So there's a little bit of that dance for me when it comes to peace is I'm just okay with all of it. That's really what peace is for me, which means mm -hmm. everything has its appropriateness. And people may be like, no, fighting's not appropriate. Well, let somebody walk in your house that's not wanted. Are you going to stand there? Let someone put bombs on your border. Are you going to just be like, okay, you got a bombs next to me? No, 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 no. I've got to now stand up and say, no, bombs aren't okay. Get them away so we can keep the peace. You know, walk in my house. No, this isn't your house. Touch my, come try to take my car. No, not your car. Like all those things push against that. And now mm -hmm. I may have to be okay with being appropriate how it needs to look in the moment. So I think it's when, when we talk peace, peace is probably one of the most misunderstood things, at least from my vantage point. And you have been um, referred to as the peace warrior. Um, it, it seems a dichotomy, but I, I do recognize that in order to, in order to have peace, people have to be able to feel safe and you can't feel safe when people are invading your home or your country um, or your human rights. Um, right. It's a big ask. And, and, and um, you know, this idea of world peace seems to have always been a, a bit of a joke, but mm -hmm. you think we should be may, maybe taking that idea a little more seriously that it is doable. Yeah, and part of that is, you know, uh, I, I feel like part of that is God-given rights. And I know people don't, at least here in this country, we took God out of schools, right? Well, you can't take God out of school. You can't take God out of anything. So all the people that want to fight over the fact that God is there or not, well, God is there or there is no life. Like whatever you want to call God, People get hung up on calling it God or not calling God. It's not asking for it to be called anything. It's still there. You know, that mm. that's it. It created the truth. The truth is always there. So when I look at that, it kind of sits for me like there are rights that are just are what they are. Just because you got mm -hmm. a gun doesn't mean that you you actually had something different than what God gave. That's just a gun. God, yet people are leaning on these things that if I build more weapons, well, last time I checked, the nuclear warhead can, can destroy a few of them, maybe what, I don't know how many take, how many nuclear warheads takes to blow up the world. So now if a nuclear warhead can blow up the world, what do we need more of them for? But yeah, mm -hmm. we're still, we're, we want to blow up the world 20 times over. Like that makes no sense. So when I look at that, it's kind of like, all right, that to me is insanity, 100%. We're going to blow up mankind, wo woe mankind, I like to call it, because women, man, and kind, 
right? So if we're going to blow ourselves up, we better find some peace. We better figure out how we can, how we can get along in a way that lifts everybody up. It can't, for me, it's not about whether or not as this craft goes overhead, it's not about, are we going to rally if the aliens come? Screw that. We better rally before they come. We better rally and we better be able to be at peace when they do come. Because the last time I checked, some of these things that are mentioned, they're well beyond the scope of what we have. Mm-hmm. We gotta, we gotta do better. We gotta do better. We have, have to have a different way of thinking that says, okay, um, people can get along. Period. We don't have like in my house mm-hmm. and in your house. I'm, I promise you, there's different things that we like in each of our houses, right? Mm-hmm. Now, who am I to tell you which things you should like in your house? I, I don't think that's anywhere near as long as it's as long as it's not harming me or harming someone else that's your house and Mm -hmm. so I I just feel that we're missing on the basics the basics have been lost uh for what for whatever the reason is doesn't really matter we better get them back though and and one of the fundamentals and basics of peace people look to the various religions for their own peace and yet so many atrocities have been um, perpetrated in the name of a particular religion. You have an idea about that, a kind of an idea about Well, I'll say this. Mm -hmm. Religions that have been around which Mm -hmm. most of them have, longer than I've been around if they were the solution, wouldn't we already be where we want to be? You know, uh, you got Buddha, he was a peacemaker. You got the Prince of Peace, Jesus. You, you got Muhammad, he's another peace person. Well, why aren't we there yet? Mm-hmm. Because we are following a book. The books are really smart. It's time for everyone to become the book. Mm -hmm. so that we don't need the book to guide our basic way of being as humans to care for one another. We all came from the first cell, the first cell ever discarded all of its crap, divided itself in half and gave to the second half, second cell, the best of it to the Mm -hmm. second cell. We are all that at the core. So it's time for us to let go of all of the crap and give to the next generation so we have a better place than where we've been. You know, we keep repeating history because we keep pulling history forward as if that were creating something new. Mm -hmm. It's time for something, we gotta shift that way. We are smart enough as a species to say, okay, has this worked? Yes. All right, then keep going with that. Has this worked? No. Uh, then find a new way. Like it, that, That's not rocket science. I didn't need to go to MIT or Oxford or any other, any other great school or Purdue or wherever, any of these schools to figure that out. If it's not working, don't do it. Right now, the world isn't working. 
So how are we going to find something else to move us in the direction that almost everyone wants to go toward? Mm-hmm. We've got to do something different. And to me, something different says, oh, let's try on this thing that everybody talked about that we haven't fully committed to yet. It's time to commit to it, which is peace. Like fully commit to it. Go, go in. You asked something or you mentioned people call and I even, you know, I, I love riding Harleys. So at one point when everyone started saying, hey, you're the peace warrior, I went and made a Harley patch for those that, that I would meet. And if they were somebody, I really said, you know what, that person standing for peace. I'd send them a patch, they put on the back of a jacket, whatever they want. They can ride their motorcycles. So I have these patches that are about the peace warrior. Why am I, why do I love that peace warrior part of me? Mm-hmm. Because I know I can walk in anything and walk through it. That's what gives me peace. I'm strong enough. I look at, I, I admire the makeup of the samurai sword warriors. Why? Because they were gardeners. They were, they were village keepers. They loved their, their, their families. They, they cared for their neighbors. They, they did it in that way. And, you know, you've got Native American Indians that did the same thing. They cared about everybody, but yet they were strong enough to be okay when it's time to go to war. They, were, mm-hmm. they knew they'd come back home, you know, and not all of them did, but yet they, they had that in their heart. And that, that's who I am. At the core of me, that's who I am. I, I'm okay going anywhere because I'm, I'm solid and feel like, oh, well, I'm, I'm coming back. So I'm at peace with walking in it. Most people don't recognize that level of peace. They can't even relate to it because they're like, hold up. Uh, Sid, just, Sid just got a little strong with that. Yeah, but I'm okay. Are you? <laughs> like, I'm at peace with it. I, you know, my, I've got a little bit of that Scottish blood that you have. So I think that that's part of it too. I love all of those parts of me, the, especially the warrior part of me that's like, all right, I'm a warrior and I'll go sit and be peaceful on the mountain because I'm at peace with myself. And is that how the art of peaceful living came about? Where did that come from? You know, the art of peaceful living came from uh, in 2008. I went through my third vision quest, uh, Native American custom and sat on the mountain. And I was sitting to, I had found peace in myself and Mm -hmm. I wanted my family to have that. So I, I, when my parents said they would come and support, I said, all right, well, I guess I have to go back out. And I went to sit for my family and my community. And that started creating spaces where everybody else started committing to peace. So that's where it came. And then when I got the spirit name, uh, he who brings peace, I knew, okay, and made that commitment to bringing the world to peace. I go where peace is peace is asked for. And when people start asking for it, then I show up, you know, so uh, that's where it came from, was just sitting on the mountain and knowing that this was, this was my dharma to bring the world to peace. Okay, so where can we as individuals start on that road to peace? Well, I mean, I can't meditate. <laughs> uh, you know, you've been meditating right now. Like you have, like every time you're quiet and I talk or I'm quiet and you talk, we're both focused. That's meditation. You know, I, starting meditation at eight years old as a soccer player 
was to teach me how to focus. Everyone needs to meditate right now with all these phones and inundated technology and busy mind that people have. They say, they say a human focus focuses less than a goldfish. That's to me, if, if, if I thought that my focus was that of a goldfish, I would be <laughs> meditating all the time, which I meditate. <laughs> and so my point being is this, that if someone wants peace, first make the commitment. A commitment, not, not something you're interested in. Because if you're interested in it, don't say you're committing to peace. A commitment to peace says anything that doesn't look like peace, I am going to find peace instead. It's a commitment. Most people haven't made a commitment. And I will say that having grown up as a Catholic. Most people in the church haven't made a commitment to being Catholic. And how can I say that? Well, when they leave and they spend more time at the bar than they do at church, I think you're committed to being a drunk. I mean, let's just call it, it's about time for people to actually look at things straight up. People have gotten this fake way of saying, oh, I'm going to be soft about this. I'm going to, I'm going to like, I'm going to pat myself on the back. It's okay to be terrible. No. Oh, I get my brother came and he took care of everybody's sins. That doesn't mean you get to keep sinning. It just doesn't. As soon as you know, the definition of the word sin means to miss the mark. As soon as you know there's a mark and you keep missing it, I don't even know what, there's no definition for that. that that's not a sinner. That's like beyond a sinner. Because now you know the mark. You got to hit the mark. And so to me, I, I feel like once someone says, I want peace, now go choose peace. You can come to the Art of Peaceful Living. We can get you in programs to help you choose it. You can be around the community. If you have a bunch of friends that are just full of gossip, you don't want peace. You want gossip. I mean, I could go on and on. All the different things that people think, oh, well, this doesn't feel like peace. Well, you haven't chosen peace. You've chosen the other thing. If it keeps showing up in your life, that's what you really want. It's just time for people to get real. So peace isn't easy um, and it's not weak. I mean, I suppose it would take a lot of strength to walk away from an argument uh, when you could just get into it. And simply, um, that takes quite a lot of work, doesn't it? Or at least oh, practice. Yeah, definitely. To, to pause and say, okay, this next thing that I do, where is it going to take me? Mm -hmm. Versus reacting. Yet we've created a world that teaches people how to react. I, I was with someone came to visit my house and they were like, every time I, they'd ask me like, hey, where's a bag? And, and I would tell them, and they'd say, oh, that's true. True, true. And I was like, hold up, man, time out. You keep saying true. I know that the bag's there. I just told you where the bag is. Why are you telling me true? And they're like, oh, because that's just what we say. Oh, so you're training yourself to react. And you haven't figured out yet why you and your, your spouse don't get along. You're both just reacting to each other. You're training yourself to react. Now, to choose peace and pause, then when life happens, you get to pause and not just get reactive and caught in the same spiral away from peace. 
So yes, it takes it takes work. It takes discipline. That's why I love the idea of it being a warrior. You got to stand up strong and strong in yourself more so than worrying about being strong against everyone else. It's strong in me to not just go with every every person wearing a red hat that wants to yell yell some something ludicrous to just come back. Yeah. I, I have to pause and say, okay, no, I'm not going there. I'm going to, I'm going to choose how to move forward from this moment. Okay, and is that what your program's about? Um, could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, all all peace of our programs, programs uh, whether it's a quest for peace, the peace program, most of our programs are there to help the practitioner grow in their level of peace and grow in their level of operation to keep peace for themselves you know so that now it becomes a discipline the more someone learns to meditate and sit in that meditation isn't so that you sit on your butt the rest of your life meditation is there so that you learn how to walk in life consciously because eventually the meditation comes off the cushion and the meditation starts to go into life. I was once told that the greatest thing about Jesus was that he didn't stay in the mountain. He came and lived with men and, and helped people become different people. You got to first spend the time, get disciplined, try to figure out what Jesus did from 19 to 26. Most people have never even thought about it, but it's not in the Bible. So you got to figure those things out. Would you say the the people who appreciate peace more are the ones who have been through trauma or you know a different kind of difficult situations I mean if you were brought up in a household that was all about meditating and, and you knew it from uh, youth perhaps you may not appreciate the peace when you have it as much as someone who's, say, gone through the prison system and, you know, that kind of thing, or overcome a, an addiction or whatever. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that it's there's a moment for everyone. Even the person that I started meditating when I was eight, I still had a moment. I had mm -hmm. a moment where it was like, whoa, this is spiritual bankruptcy. I, I'm, I'm in a place right now where I don't know what's next. And then on the other side of having that spiritual bankruptcy is the opportunity to become spiritually rich. And that can happen for someone who is meditating all their life or in a peaceful, loving house, and they walk out and they instantly just meet one other person that's different. And they're like, nah, time out. I don't want that ever again. And then they appreciate it. So yes, I, I, I think the, It'll happen to anyone when it's their time. That moment will come, but it's just a moment. It, and, you know, someone can be in chaos all their life, and then there's just a moment. They may be sitting in the car, and the, and the lights get bright enough that they're like, flash, and boom. On the other side, they're like, okay. Or that person that, that passes from cancer or anything else, and they come back, and they're like, oh, well, they were spiritually bankrupt before. Spiritual bankruptcy can look like the depths of dis-ease, right? The biggest disease, dis-ease in the body. And when it shifts, 
spiritually rich looks like, man, I don't need to go back to that. You know, so I, I've seen it with people that have overcome major tragedies. And I've also seen it with people that are just living hunky dory. And then they see something that just disrupts that feeling, you know, uh, see somebody who's struggling on the street, can't eat, has no food and, and is struggling and they see it and they're just like awakened. That's, that's the story of Buddha, right? Like left the kingdom. And as soon as he got out to the world, it was like, hold up, this isn't right. I got to go sit by a tree and, and become enlightened. <laughs> like, I got to go sit, take a moment and check in because this isn't it. So I think anyone can, anyone when they're ready, their moment will come. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's something that would people would benefit from it becoming maybe a part of the curriculum in the same way as religion sometimes is part of a school curriculum? Um, do you think we're behind in that? I, I definitely. I mean, I, I've written a curriculum, a year-long program for uh, that I that I do want to get in school. What I say about the program about peace is for everybody. Mm-hmm. So the thing that took God out of schools in the in this country is freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. So freedom to practice and be the way you want to be. And I believe that that's great. Yet that's still, God's still in, in the school. And kids are starting to find it for themselves because they they realize bullying's not it, right? Like they realize these things. The one, and so then they want to stand for something. Then then they're asking for peace. Peace can be taught to them to how to move and care for one another. So it's there, and that the beauty of peace is it's for everyone. See, I'm not asking anybody to leave their religion. Go to your church and then still come find peace. Go to your mosque, go to your synagogue, go to wherever you need to go, but then still find peace. And if you're not finding peace, you're missing it. You're missing it. Let's go find peace together. That's how I see it. So if there was, for example, in lunch hour, an opportunity to go and do a 10-minute meditation or practice or learn a yoga pose, um, do you think that would be the start of peace in the playground um, and, and perhaps peace in the larger, more global playground? Well, I, you know, for me, the beauty of it was I had, in my second marriage, I had three stepchildren and I had my three children. So we were modern day Brady Bunch. We created a room <laughs> that no matter what, you had a safe place to go to. I don't care if it was, I was upset, their mom was upset, didn't matter. You you could be getting in the midst of your trouble. You said, hold up, I'm going to the room. They went to the room and they just sit. Everybody calmed down, mm-hmm. came back, it was easier. And so for me, I think there's ways like we still in this country, we still line kids up in rows. And yet we, we don't have very many factories, right? So what are they learning by sitting in rows? Yet sitting in circles. There's a lot of things that, that 
dictate something different. Sitting in circles, what's that do? Knights of the round table, everybody becomes a leader. You're not just at the front of the class, you're not just at the back. Everybody's in the circle. Everybody becomes a leader in that circle. Now, next thing I would say is helping them know that there was a school in China where the kid had too much energy. They had rock walls for that kid to go climb. Get the energy out. Now, come on back. You know, that's not any different than if you're in the Navy, Naval Academy here in the United States. If you start to fall asleep, get up, do push-ups on your own, and then sit back down so your energy's bright. Like, all these little things we aren't doing when they're right there. We don't have to go far. We don't have to change anything. We need to use what is there, which then looks like teachers, parents, everybody doing their part to make sure the next generation steps forward into something better than what we've been through. And that that's what I'm about. I, I, I really feel that we're here to evolve, not to stay the same. Can't stay the same. Everything changes. It's one law that happens in the universe. So if, I, if I'm not going forward, then I'm falling backwards. And that means I need to evolve and grow all the time and grow my peace, grow how to get to peace, how to keep peace. The fact that we have here in the high schools here, we got 42% of the kids in high school in the United States say that they are mentally struggling. 42%, that is crazy to me. 22% say they have actively thought about taking their lives at least one time. 22%? 8.9% are. Mm-hmm. To me, that, that's just like, no, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. Go to a parent and say, hey, you got 42% of, 42% of the likelihood that your kid is going to lose their mind. Then you got 22% of the likelihood that your kid is about going to be one of them that is going to try to take their life. Mm-hmm. That's not good enough. We can all do better. It starts at home. It carries into the school. And it's up to all of us that ever even looks at a kid, a, a kid at, at the grocery store that just cuts in line and nobody says anything. They all helped raise that kid to be a jerk. Everybody. So for me, don't send your kid out in the public where I am. Not if you don't want them to come back different. If they, if they act like they're lun- lunatics, it's up to all of us to say, hey, no, 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 that's not how it works right now. That That's just, I grew up with that. I grew up with a father that, if you came to sleep in my house, which that was the only way because we weren't allowed to sleep at other people's houses because my dad didn't want, to, want us coming back like the other kids. So if they slept in our house, hey, you're going to act right or don't come to my house. You know, it's just the way it was. So I feel that we can be a better stand for each other. It's just it. We got to care. People got to start caring. That That looks like peace to me. Okay, before I hand you back your mic, one last question. <laughs> one last question. Um, what is your peace mantra? My peace mantra. Peace is the power to live by. When? Oh, I love that. Yeah, and because that's I think like you never... have to win at everything. Everything. <laughs> you start winning at everything. You got to win at being the best husband. You got to be win at being the best wife. You got to bend win at being the best son, best daughter, best everything. Win, win, win. Right now, we got people that get a trophy for losing. What? That's not me. Like, I got 458 wins, and I and I hold those with a blessing. Like, 
458 wins and 98 losses. Some of those 98s were really tough, but they taught me how to win. So that that was the win. It's not it's not a matter of if you lose, you're a loser. No, you're a lo- you only become a loser if you quit. You only become a loser if you stop. Winning looks like keep going and win, 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 win. The more we get that mentality, then winning looks like I'm not even, I never had to worry about my children getting in a car with a drunk driver. They knew that was a loss for their life. I don't have to worry about it. Call me. I'll come get you at any point in time. Never had that problem. Never, 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 never. Because my children knew there was a way to win life. Winning life looks like keep going. Keep going. If you make it to 90 something years old, everyone calls that a win. I don't care if, I don't care how much money you got in the bank. That's a win. You you outdid what most people are doing. Even though this thing, this meat suit that I have is supposed to live to 120, how many people actually live to 120? They don't. They lose. We're losing life. We're losing nutrition. We're losing, we're losing all these different things. It's time to win. Peace is the power to live by. Win. Yeah. I love that mantra. This is Sydney McNeely. Thank you so much for being my podcast takeover guest for the day. Oh, you're Mike. so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank and, you. Oh, yes. Hold on. In case someone else wants to do this, where can they go to find you? Oh, well, I, 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 if you want me to run off all my socials, I don't know what they are. If, if, if you spell my name correctly, you'll find me in the socials. Other than that, um, you can email me at um, nola at myglobalpublicist.com. Awesome. How do they spell Nula? <laughs> Noala. N-U-A-L-A. <laughs> awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And I look forward to many moments to come. Thank you. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Rise with Sid. We're excited to keep going with you. So when you're ready to make it for you, the commitment to yourself, come check us out at artofpeacefulliving.com. We are excited to continue to rise with you. We rise together. Real impact supports everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Rise with Sid. Peace.